0: In their problems to me for as long as i can remember i have one of those faces that just says tell me what's going on and now i have one of those podcasts that says go ahead tell me what's going on welcome to mess in progress hey everybody and welcome to mess in progress with myself gina Brianna, my lovely co-host slash everything person catherine g mendoza catherine say hi to the people
1: hello to the people
0: You were yawning you were you were straight up yawning into your microphone
1: (sighs) (laughs) like
0: the like the sloth in uh, Zootopia
1: oh my god yeah yes oh my god it's funny how like i you said like the sloth and there's sloths clearly in the real world but immediately my brain was like Zootopia I do that
0: because you know me that's (laughs) why (laughs)
1: great movie i think it's like extreme i'm gonna say for a disney movie underrated for a disney movie like i think and i think it's underrated because um well clearly not a princess movie but not all princess movies are the famous ones so i think it's underrated because people don't realize the themes that they're talking about in that movie the themes are amazing like that movie has a lot of themes about like um believing in yourself and the little guy, you know what I mean? And like um, appearances are deceiving, stuff like that. So, and you know, like um, the sheep and wolves clothing, yeah. that like it's so good. And it's Jason Bateman, um, who's the girl? Oh, I think the girl is that, I don't remember her name, but she was the main character in He's Just Not That Into You. He played Johnny Cash's first wife and walked the Line. That girl, really round face. If you see her, you know her. I forgot her name.
0: Oh, Re- Renee, Renee, no, Reese Witherspoon.
1: No, 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 no. In um, in um, the walk the line, remember there was he, he was with um, the June was his second wife, that was the first wife, the brunette. The one who had the okay,
0: kids. I'm looking up. Oh, oh, yeah, Jennifer think, Godwin.
1: Yeah, I think she's the one who plays um, the bunny. Uh, she's one of those. She's in a lot of stuff, you recognize her face, um, but you I forget her name, um, but it's a great film if you've never seen Zootopia. And then plus, there's no other perfect person to play the gazelle than Shakira. It was I, Shakira. Shakira, and, and, and in last year's, you know, closing ceremonies of the world, she actually wore the same ring yeah. as the gazelle from Zootopia, it, it, was, it was a great, I mean, I I think it was an homage. She never like confirmed it, but I feel like it was.
0: Yeah, even if subconsciously you did that, Shakira, we believe that it was it was linked to the movie right away. Like as I saw it, and I was like, oh, she's wearing this Utopia outfit. <laughs> like I
1: I I believe it was that. And you know what? Even if she were to come out and go, no, it wasn't that. I'm gonna be like, you're lying. You're lying. But it, but was. it was. But just admit it was, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> so you're saying it wasn't because oh, yeah. it was no. No, no. <laughs> Okay.
1: Yeah. whenever whatever <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> you are so fucking stupid whenever or you need to brush up on your Shakira
0: yeah you do I love, I love Shakira I really do uh, um, okay. but I loved Ojos Asi Shakira like I loved her
1: you like Shakira you like yeah. Colombia Shakira yes, yes. Yeah, I like did.
0: having her roots in her music, Shakira. Like I love that.
1: Yeah, you like the more rock Shakira, more than pop. She was more rock, pop rock, and then she became kind of like a mainstream pop. Um, yeah, which although a different sound.
0: I'm not gonna lie, that
1: underneath your clothes,
0: <laughs> I freaking love that song.
1: That album, Laundry Service. Oh my God, you would think I'm a big Shakira fan, Mike. Older sister denise may she rest in peace actually was a huge shakira fan so that's why i got into shakira because of her um but laundry service was i think the first album i bought like i i got that wasn't hers and there was this song on it i cannot remember what it's called right now but i'm telling you there was one song it's like the most dep- what is it called all I remember is that the first lyrics are, you're a song written by the hands of time. It was so-
0: Oh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm literally, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up right now.
1: And you guys, I'm not a singer. Even though I think every single Latina woman has an inner Shakira tone. Cause Shakira sings a little nasally. So we, every woman, even the ones who can't sing can do a little bit of the, you know, um, her, that, that's the Shakira tone though. Yes. Yes, what is the name of the song? Uh, guys we don't know but like Shakira Ojasasi was one of the best ones uh, uh, um, god uh, um, like I'm trying to think of like so, so many so many of the original ones from like her original album. Um but for me like I think Shakira just makes me think of many ways a Latino um, superstar and pop star like globally you yeah. know like people forget that like she did the the, the theme song for the World Cup in Africa, like Shakira's big. She's a big yeah. in the world, not just in the United States. So if you yourself don't think that, I feel like Shakira's like on that stage of like, um, Mark Anthony, where it's like yes. Latino, who people, I'm not gonna say sleep on them in the States if you're not Latino, but just kind of like, eh, they're not as big as JLo. But let me tell you something, Shakira's bigger than JLo world. Worldwide, that would surprise bigger. a lot of people to hear, too. Worldwide, though, but because that's the thing. Shakira uh, has more music, like a, a discography that's bigger in multiple languages, where J-Lo does not, right? So Dang,
0: what's the first line of that song? I'm so looking for that song now.
1: Uh, I'm like, it's your song written by the hands of time. Laundry right service. By, oh, Underneath
0: Your Clothes. If that is from Underneath Your Clothes
1: the other underneath your song um no then that's not the song and then it's not the song hold on hold on we gotta find you gotta figure
0: this out guys like you don't understand how important this is
1: well i mean what's your favorite other than that one what's your favorite Shakira song um
0: what is it called
1: in english
0: the tango song the The tango song that tango joint is objection is what it's called in english Uh, Objection, I think that song is hilarious. And I love the video. I think that song in Spanish is so freaking funny. Yo, it's so funny when
1: you listen to the lyrics. It cracks me up. This is the song, this is the song. It's called The One, it's on laundry service. And the first line is, so I find a reason to shave my legs every single morning. And this, that's literally, the whole song is her describing that this person makes her basically want to do anything yes it's a good song it's a good song if you like if you if you can endure because some people can't endure the nasaliness of shakira but if you yeah. can't like her the one good song
0: that is a good song
1: yeah yeah it's a good album but it's a good song
0: yeah oh i'm gonna have to listen to that joint when we're done here
1: um you know what we're just gonna make an entire episode where all we do is we pick a playlist of songs we both like and we not only play like we leave room to play the song but then we have to explain our memories of the song or like a story about the song like our <laughs> own
0: kind of verses but way more interesting than a lot of the verses we've been watching lately like yeah. just because there's meaning behind the songs like oh I, this song reminds me of my
1: first kiss yeah. blah blah
0: blah blah like yeah that would be dope We should do a whole episode like that.
1: Versus verses. A really good verse. And it got to be a logical versus. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to put Mariah versus Jada. Sorry. No,
0: because that's so tired. That's like Dominican versus Puerto Rican. It's like, we
1: get it. But you're also not going to put Whitney versus Mariah because it's been done. Right? But let me, I don't know. I can't put nobody against Mariah. That's the thing. You know who you could put against Mariah. Old Mariah versus new
0: Mariah. Old Mariah versus new Mariah. Old Mariah with the clothes. New Mariah with the no clothes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that like old Mariah is Mariah before 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 <laughs> before, before <a> Mariah before <laughs> glitter is old Mariah. Anything after glitter <laughs> is new Mariah. That's me. Me. That's, That's
0: me, okay. Here's the theory anything after glitter is Mariah after she's been kidnapped and brainwashed by aliens.
1: <laughs> no, you know what it is. Mar- Everybody knows this Mariah t- changed after Tommy.
0: At, oh my God. Yeah. Like okay. she left that marriage and it was like, she called it a prison. I was just explaining this to my trainer. So my trainer legit only listened to one Mariah Carey album in his life. And I was like, okay. he listened to daydream. Okay. It's a good album. It's a good album. I, I'm not shocked that it's dangerous. I'm okay. not shocked either. But he had no idea that Mariah ever sang with Whitney. He had no idea that Mariah
1: had- a Prince of Egypt.
0: He had no idea of any of her other songs. I was pointing them out to him. He played the rarities. Like I was working out to Mariah and giving him Mariah trivia.
1: Hey, Like you wanna know, my thing, okay, you know what? You just made me think of something. If I make ever, and I know what you're gonna say, but if I ever made a new friend, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I ever made a new friend, and the first thing I'm gonna do is play the intro to the song music box. Oh. The intro. If that person doesn't know the ding, ding, ding. If they don't know that, I'm gonna be like, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. You gotta leave. (laughs) We just cannot be friends. I'm sorry.
0: No. If you don't know don't, Music Box, Mariah, I'm sorry. Get out of my life. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Like, here's the thing. I don't want to put anybody on to Mariah. I want them to come pre-Mariah, like, seasoned. Because I want to, I, because there's just a difference between listening to Mariah with somebody who has their own experiences. And y'all both are living in the moment, but also living in your memories while you're listening to it. But if somebody that doesn't have the memories, it's just not the same.
0: Tell me, there's not a guy that you think about when you hear the roof.
1: Yeah, I mean. Tell me, there's not somebody. Not somebody I was with, but I was, but somebody that I liked. hmm yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's the Baha Panti song right there. <laughs> that's the Baha The roof. Ooh, I used to listen to that joint and fantasize about some fancy boyfriend I never had. I was like, he's perfect. He kisses me on the roof in the rain.
1: That is so Mariah, man. So, So, all of her stuff. Yeah, man. So, okay. So let's talk about something that I haven't necessarily been sharing, Mm -hmm. um, but not for any bad reasons. Just, I, you know, it's so funny. um, I saw this thing on on television the other day that said there is a difference between um, uh, lying and omit, I mean, sorry, uh, secrets and privacy. And... You know, I like to think I'm a very transparent person, but I also believe in a lot of privacy, especially as things are, um, let's say, progressing and happening, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I I believe in, like, sometimes you got to keep things to yourself. um, Because here's the thing, even well-intentioned people, too much energy out there to me can just not be, I just sometimes don't want too much energy out there, right? So I don't want too much people knowing certain things, um, even if they wish me well. That's just how I feel about things, whether it's opportunities in my le- in my career or things in my personal life. So this one happens to be my personal life. Um, over the last few, I'll start with the last few months. Um, in November, uh, my grandma passed, but she had, and my grandma was in her 90s. Um, we were well expecting to some degree that it could happen. Um, it wasn't necessarily natural causes, but again, it was a loss and a shock to the system but it wasn't such a shock, like, you know, a younger person, it wasn't something like that, but it was hard. Um, earlier January, um, I got a phone call that my uncle passed. He was in his 50s. That was very like shock to the system because that was just his heart failed. And it was, it, it was everybody was very much like, it shouldn't have happened, you know? Um, and then a few days later, I get a phone call um, because at the time my mother, after my grandma's passing, my mother decided to stay a few months at my aunt's house where my grandmother lived with my aunt to be with her. And a few days after my uncle, literally two days, I get a phone call that my mother is going to the hospital and we find out she has COVID. And so it's been a crazy two weeks, a very intense, crazy two weeks um, of a lot of like trying to stay as motivated and like focused as possible in her recovery. But thankfully this past Monday, and gratefully that's the word I would use. Gratefully this past Monday, my mom has come home. She is, I would say 90% recovered. And I mean that because she still needs physical therapy. And a lot of people don't realize that with people who've gone to the hospital, that they need the physical therapy. They need the, you know, the, the nurse to come by. So we're we're in that stage, but overall my mother, was one of those patients that needed high oxygen. She didn't need to be intubated, but she needed the high oxygen. And she had the full, they call it multifocal pneumonia in both of her lungs. She had, um, uh, 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 her blood pressure went down. Like there was a lot. And so every day felt like, You know, I was, I, I started adopting the one day at a time, right? One Mm -hmm. catastrophe at a time. And it's very hard for me because I'm somebody who wants to be like, um, uh, I just, I like security. Right. But I had to find security in that if day one, it's the blood pressure. Amazing. If day two, it's just a little less oxygen, she needs a little less oxygen given to her. Amazing. And every day was that. And so I'm very grateful that we're in a place of she's home Um, you know, the recovery is, in my opinion, one of the most, um, the best stages that it could be compared to like a lot of other stories, you know, as my mother says, I'm also grateful that we, um, have dealt with this after things like, uh, plasma Mm -hmm. is the thing now that they do give to people for is a, is a, is a, is a a medicine that they do give to people. I cannot even imagine those first few cases compared in comparison, right. Um, so I'm very, very grateful. I'm in a very different state of mind of, of what matters. Um, because again, there's been a lot of passing and then there's also been a huge, terrifying scare. Um, and I should also mention that when she got it, I had three different aunts have it and my sister and then my cousin all at the same time. So it's been, I, I I will say this, I got ghosted by my therapist sometime last year. That's all another story. And yeah, exactly. And I need I haven't had a therapist, but I honestly haven't really not that I didn't need it, but I've been back on my search for a new therapist because I realized one of one thing is admitting that things are difficult and that things happen. Another thing is seeking the help from what you do not process. And I can admit that at the moment there's a lot of habit process because it just kept happening back to back to back. But like I said, because the one thing I'm holding on to is gratefulness. I even have a grateful, like a, a journal, a thank, um, great, great, grateful th- journal, I guess. Like yeah. I, I you know, kind of like do my own prayers and then I also say thanks for what I feel I should say thanks for um, or what I'm thankful for. And seeking the type of help for what grief looks like, and back to back grief looks like, and the fear of possible grief yeah. looks like. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am, and it's it's been in tr- an interesting journey with COVID. And I just wanted to say that because we talked about COVID, but yeah. I don't we talked about how close that has come. We also haven't talked about possible deaths that aren't COVID related, but it is still happening. Like that's still life, and you know it's things are moving and it's a different world but you know and I think that it's only right to share that with anybody who listens because I hope that in some way they feel connected they feel understood and it it, you know like I think you and I are people who let it be known that we're not perfect but that we try that we're trying to find help that we're trying to be honest and that we're trying to be grateful so yeah
0: That's awesome. Honestly, I'm so glad that your mom is doing better and that she's home, and that she's getting her physical therapy. I, I, me, obviously, me and Catherine talk besides the podcast, (laughs) and knowing everything that she has been through through this, y'all have no idea how proud I am of how strong you've been through this. Like, I know you haven't had time to process things, but the growth I see in you as a friend from something like this, like incredible, like just incredible. Because I know that something like this could have broken you. You know what I mean? Like, it could have really broken you. It could have broken anybody. And the fact that, you know, you tried your best to handle it as level-headed as possible. And it's so difficult, even with, like, non-COVID-related things. Like, all the non-COVID-related stuff that you've gone through, you know, to now know how many people in your family have this or have, have been battling this, like... That's insane. And props to you for really, you put the G in gangster, e- Catherine G. Mendoza.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, I'll tell you. And I should say this because a lot of people don't realize this, I guess. Um, so here's the irony. So if you've been listening to us for a while, um, I had mentioned that I was quarantining with my mother. Right. But when my mother went to my aunt's house in November, um, I no longer had any kind of control over who, how, her safety and all of that whatever that was um but when she got diagnosed and I first spoke to the um physician's assistant the first thing they told me was she had antibodies which means she had had it before yeah yeah and that's nuts because I mean my first thought was oh my god was it while she was with me I got tested for antibodies I did not have them so she caught it twice between November and January which is nuts the first time it didn't react in her body which just makes me again I I go back to this thing that like my mother comes from ecuador my mother grew up on a farm people who grow up in those like natural places their immune systems are in a whole because my mother has a lot of um underlining conditions yeah but the fact that she thought it like a g is one testament to her person yes her girl, but then also to her body right um but when they told me that the first thing i thought of was like yo a lot of people think oh i got it so i'm immune i've heard that i've heard people literally say oh my god i kind of almost. I don't want to wish that I'll get it, but if I get it over with that idea. And I'm like, I'm literally telling people my mother had antibodies and got it again. Mm -hmm. Nobody's immune first. And then number two, the, the, the lady told me, so you realize if we give her the plasma, we're giving her antibodies. And I go, okay. She goes, but she has antibodies. So it's not that it won't work, but you're adding more antibodies on it. it it's way, we're more guaranteed at, at this point that it's way more effective if there's no already pre-existing antibodies, right? Mm-hmm. So if anything, it kind of could have complicated the situation. Thankfully it didn't. Yeah. But my, people need to still remember, you had it, you can still get it again. You haven't had it, you don't want it. Like point blank period. I don't care who you are and what your age is and what your body, you think your body how it is. And then number three, even if you get the vaccine. We don't know how effective that is. So nothing has changed. We're still in March 2020 in our minds if mm-hmm. you because because anybody could get it. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah, that's facts. And I have heard people say that before. Like, oh, I have the antibodies. Like, I can't get it. Yes, you can. Yes, you very much can. There have been reported cases of people who caught it multiple times. Understand too that, The virus has been changing and adapting just like any virus would. And because we've kind of been dumb and selfish about this stuff, it had the opportunity to grow and to change. You know what I mean? So now who knows what strain you could get next?
1: That motherfucker was
0: like, it's morphin time. Yo, Yo, he hit us with the transformer. He was like, I'm a different virus now.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) let me in. I'm a new virus. Okay, so. With that being said, I need to say something that my cousin said, you know, cause we try to find moments of giggles. Yes. Giggles, right? So during the day of my, my uncle's um, funeral, it was in Florida, I couldn't go. Um, well, I chose not to go, and, yeah. but I just didn't go. My cousin lives out there, he was going. So two things. One, my aunt, my aunt asked me to do her a favor. And let me give you a piece of advice to anybody listening. Do not make a tribute video for someone in your family. Because do if you haven't processed feelings, making a tribute video can take up to three to four hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so you're going, you're traumatizing yourself. That's basically what you're doing, right? Now my aunt also picked the most depressing song. It, Literally, the first line is Yo te extrañare. Oh my God, I knew it was that song. Okay, first of all, first of all, pause
0: right there. My ex's mom told me she wanted me and her daughter to sing that song at her funeral. I'm telling you, y'all, this song is the saddest song. Yo te extrañare, tenlo por seguro. It's freaking nuts how sad this
1: song is. Like, it's like, fueron um, tantas buenos y malas momentos que vivimos juntos. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, it's so sad. And then guess what? I didn't edit it correctly. I got to go back. It happened so many times. My brain was just like, this is not no. So I had to make that. I'm not judging the song. Beautiful song. But also, kind of evil because that's like asking for people to cry. It's just asking for it. Um and so I made the video, my cousin sees the video, he calls me, he's like, yo, it's so sad. Like I was already sad. And then I saw it and I'm more sad and I was like, no, I get it, but your mom picked it. Um and he was that's like my mama that's your mom's fault. <laughs> um but I um we were talking about the funeral and I was he was telling me because his wife is currently pregnant and he was like you know I don't know if I we feel comfortable with her going, you know, like social distancing, all of that. And I go, listen, I don't, I think we're living in a time that it's okay if someone can't go, if you, you know, and if you do go, if you stand far away, listen, anybody who's not gonna understand, it's not somebody you need to understand. You just, you don't need to have that person around you. I was mm-hmm. like, it's as simple as that. But he, I go, it's also crazy because during my grandma's funeral, he didn't get to go because he was in Florida. It was here in the Bronx and I go, Yo, it was not like they didn't social distance us. They had us all like there was at least a good 40 of us in one room in some, you know, everybody knows the, uh, an Ortiz, the, the 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 OG New York funeral homes is the old Ortiz. It was the Ortiz of Parkchester, right? When you get off at Castle Hill, yeah, in front of the McDonald's. I know exactly which one yeah. you're talking about. It's the rivalry funeral homes, but Ortiz always got it.
0: Yes, yes. The one, the one by Castle Hill. That was the one that always got it, son. These funeral homes is trying to set up future business, having y'all yo, together.
1: Yo, because I was like, yo, they not, they weren't social distancing. I was so scared. Like, luckily, again, I tested after that. I thankfully. But I was like, yo, they did it. And my cousin goes, I mean. Is bad for business to social business. <laughs> I was like, yo, I didn't even think of that. It is bad. Social distancing during a pandemic is bad for business for so funeral homes. I'm just saying, it's yes. true.
0: They like put them all in the same room. Look at whoever coughs. Give them a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> whoever coughs, whoever sneezes. Give them a coupon, 10% off your next coffin.
1: That is the darkest humor.
0: It is, but in these times, I feel like dark humor is so essential because for me and my family, I know we handled everything with humor. It did not matter what the trauma was. We handled everything with humor. And so it makes me feel better when we can laugh about these things. Mm
1: -hmm. No, but like, I also was just like, you know, it was such a good joke and observation. I was mad. I didn't think of it. (laughs) Like, he, and here's the funny thing. He didn't even say it knowing he was saying something funny. Like he just said it. Yeah. And I start dying and he was like, what? And I was like, do you not understand the brilliance of that observation that you write? Like My cousin is also one of those like entrepreneur has his own business. So he just thinks about like for business. That's his mentality. So I think that's why he said it. But I just kept telling him, I was like, it, no, you just admitted that it was an incubator.
0: Was, mm-hmm. that's, they were making sure y'all get sick. They was making sure.
1: I was like, yo, that's nuts. Because I really wondered why they weren't social distancing. Like, somebody should have been more regulating like, in that room. Not to say that my Ecuadorian family would have listened. Because, they don't somebody know.
0: Somebody got to throw themselves on the coffin.
1: Uh, there was one. There was one.
0: There always is.
1: Yeah, and the, and then everybody was even looking at me like I was weird when I was like uh, fist bumping or like sh- you know all that. There were I, later on because I'm sorry, I'm gonna blow it up. My of course, some Thea had to say Catherine was being so cold during in the middle of a pandemic.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Thea, I wasn't trying to murk you by giving you this hug,
1: I, dude. What are you talking about? But
0: again, it's one of those you just go. I don't really care how you feel. I care about my health. So. Mm-hmm. You're not the kind of tia I want to hug
1: anyway.
0: Yo, that second verse, La vida es polvo. Yo, yo, that joint.
1: That song is four minutes long. You, know. you make him this scrapper. Four minutes. If you
0: hear that song and you don't cry, like you don't have a soul. That's right up there with End of the Road by Boys to Men. It's worse. It's, it's way worse. In Spanish, it's literally they're describing the feeling of heartache. I'm like, and how do these poetic mother effers I'm trying to cuss less so <laughs> mother effers because I have a son now and I don't want his first word to be a curse word and then everybody's like I knew we should know let that, that Puerto Rican in this family um <laughs> how did these poetic mother effers find a way to make sad songs even sadder by describing the exact heartache I'm feeling right now
1: yo by I know how I know how by playing the chorus four times because that's the problem a chorus should not be more than three times. No,
0: it's the call and response of the chorus too. When the girl comes in, yeah, yeah. you have you guys have to hear the song. If you're listening to this and you don't know this song, go and I have it. I can play. It. I can play it right now. I have it. Oh, no, we can't. We don't know if we have the clearance and right to do that. Why ain't nobody paying us to do this podcast? <laughs> I'm like, we're not making no money
1: off of this podcast. Yeah, one day when well, because I, I can't believe we going to be that's true as heck and even though i just cursed like 50 million times um, <laughs> and that's the day somebody the, this person is going to look for be like mm, i need some extra money and then they go to an old episode of mip and they be like more yo yo
0: they're going to sue us like oh
1: Spanish, look up this song look up the lyrics Google, up the, Google, oh. that's it you're gonna see it's the, It's a great song but it's sad it's sad I
0: knew as soon as you said it was the saddest song I was like it's either I was like end of the road or Yo te I knew it was one of those two I, I never heard that song in my life until now and
1: that's so because
0: no. it's by a group called Treser Cielo and they were a Christian group so yeah, I, I
1: could tell I could yeah. tell I, what i was listening to them, i was like this they talk about meeting you in heaven mm-hmm. they talk about i hope i see you when it's my time mm-hmm. i was like damn this got dark this got very very and got and dark it, and deep my favorite part though was the honesty of like at least the song was honest and it said we lived a lot of good times and bad times i like that though it was honest i was yeah. like that's very true but um Yo, man! Like my you know. favorite
0: part of the song is when the uh, the part that goes, uh, the the small things, it's the little things
1: yeah.
0: that I remember the most. Those are the things that come to my mind. Like that's the joint that every time I hear that part, I'm like, <laughs> well, and he says it's just, uh, um, uh, las pequeñas cosas. Yes, los detalles, las pequeñas cosas. Oh, the
1: ones that didn't
0: seem important. For- yes. Yo, I'm gonna listen to that song and cry my eyes out after oh, this.
1: Right, yo. That's the uh, that honestly, I feel like that, but that is the funeral anthem for lucky It should be. It should be. It,
0: it really should be. be. I mean, but- I would be curious to know if anybody else has like a funeral song that was played that they think is sadder than that one. Like, I would
1: really be curious to know. Well, you see, here's the thing. It's so sad that like some people can't handle it. So, for instance. My mom, the way she wants to remember her brother, because that was like her favorite sibling, my, the she, my aunt sent her the video. I didn't send it to her. And my mom hit me up and she was like, no, I don't like it. And I was like, all right, so I'll make you your own version. And I put um, El Gran Combo, which is a salsa group that he loved. I put his favorite salsa song because she said, I wanna remember him like that. And I yeah. get it, I get it. Everybody needs to grieve how they need to grieve and the way that they need to. But of course in the pettiness in my family, my mom, I told them, I go, my mom, um, Diaz the one who asked me to make this. So don't be posting that on Facebook until after the funeral. Right. Like don't blow up the, the video. Right. She goes, yeah. okay. Um, she sends it to his daughter, my cousin. Right. And she goes, she didn't like the other song either. I was like, okay, that's cool. Send it to her. But then she goes, and I told her that after they played the first version if she wants to play it. And I was like, yo, so hold on. You're gonna make these people sit with, to watch the same video for two times because of two different songs. She was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, I can't Like even, no, the petty never ends. The petty never ends.
0: Never ends. The petty never goes out of style, y'all. It does. You, it
1: does.
0: As you get older, you think you get over pettiness, no. but you do not, <laughs> the pettiness <laughs> is real. You get better. Yeah, that's true. You get better at being petty. Now you really know where to hit people where it hurts. Uh, speaking of pettiness, no, this is not a great segue. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would work on my segues, but I kind of like it. I kind of like that they're just out of nowhere. Um, let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. That's been coming up a lot in, uh, in my life. Whether I'm talking to somebody who feels that they're, they're feeling imposter syndrome, or I myself am going through it, I'm going to let you give this definition because that's a lot of words for me to read. So you go ahead and you read that, Shorty.
1: Okay. So the definition for imposter syndrome is loosely defined as the internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Rarely applied to intelligence or achievement. It has links to perfectionism and social context. It's the experience of feeling like a phony, as though any moment you are going to be found out as a fraud, like you don't belong where you are and you are only, you only got there through dumb luck. It can affect anyone, no matter the social status, work, background, skill level, or degree of expertise.
0: Now, here's what I will say about this. Here's people, people really don't understand how many celebrities suffer from imposter syndrome. And this is why I always feel bad for famous people. When either skeletons from their past come up, or stuff gets bought up about them, or somehow they have a public embarrassment in some way, like you have no idea how much these people like fall apart because they never felt like they were legit, like they always felt like the rug was going to be pulled out from underneath them. And I that's why every time I hear one of those stories about celebrities, I always feel so bad for them because one, you never know what somebody's going through. But two, I've known enough famous people, and then we've had these conversations about imposter syndrome where the tiniest thing makes them feel like, oh my God, I was right. I'm an imposter. I suck. You go through this battle in your mind. And for me, on the, the scale that I'm at, like the more opportunities I get, the more I start to feel like, do I deserve this? Should I be doing this? Like, like, I've screwed up in my life before. Like, what if stuff comes back to haunt me? How would people react if if I wasn't this picture perfect? Because people think, like, there's one thing about, like, a public figure. There's yeah. one thing you know about them, and you make that their whole existence and that whole persona, which is why when that celebrity or that public figure acts like a normal human being and loses their temper or screws up in some way, they are crucified for it. Oh, and yeah. It's so terrible that that happens. And all it does is reinforce this feeling of imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. No, um, it's funny because I, you know, that just reminds me of something that I, a conversation I was having yesterday about um, just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. Um, and I don't think this, I think this goes for anybody, but I'm going to say celebrities. Um, we're not, celebrities are not allowed to make mistakes on grand stages. They're not. And then not only that, um, I saw this tweet that said something like, uh, in media, we expect flawed characters, yet we expect perfect human beings in real life. And that in itself is why people feel imposter syndrome. Because they're not allowed to be flawed. And the more you're in the public eye, And there's this belief that it's like, well, you put yourself out there for critique for this. And And yes, of course, we all all know that you're gonna get critiqued, you're gonna get judged because you're in the public eye. But shoot, you get judged and critiqued even if you work a nine to five. That's just the world. That's just a grander scale of critiquing that you get when you put yourself in the public eye. I think that, I think imposter syndrome existed before um, this new age cancel culture I think it's gotten worse yes. because of cancel culture. Meaning I don't think everybody understands that like some people deserve, in my opinion, to be exposed when they have, to, like the wine deserve to be exposed, mm-hmm. right? Um, but other people, the question becomes about redemption. Well, if somebody was already suffering from imposter syndrome, right? Prior to whatever, and let's just say, I, I'm, I'm going to use, um, I think it was it Kevin Hart who made, the, make, made like jokes early on in his career mm-hmm. and then apologized for them, but his apology wasn't sufficient to some people. My thing is Kevin Hart, and I'm not defending or anything. I'm not going to give an opinion on him, but Kevin Hart is a regular person. At the end of the day, he's still a real person, right? So we don't really know what he goes through, what he deals with and all of that. I'm not... I, you know, no shade, not trying to be (laughs) mean, but Kevin Hart's a little man. Little man syndrome is a thing too. Mm -hmm. I can already assume that Kevin Hart has his insecurities or has had his insecurities. So I wouldn't be surprised if anybody told me Kevin Hart has imposter syndrome, right? Then you add on top of it, whatever cancer culture for the fact that there is no learning curve for what you may have said 10 years ago or five years ago or anything like that. So to me, I'm like, these things are all connected and um, put a spotlight on, like on uh, right now on a, on a really big stage. And it's messed up because, again, I'm not saying whether things are right or wrong, but we don't even know how to define and explain and talk about imposter syndrome enough because um, we're not looking at the humanity of people. We're just looking at how can we um, be the judge, jury, and executioner of others. That's, yeah.
0: That's the thing as a society. And this is what really does need to stop. We need to stop feeding off of this stuff yeah. off of all the drama and off the taking people down because we get attracted to it. It's interesting. Like, Oh, somebody, somebody famous, life is falling apart. Oh, who cares about them? They have millions of dollars. They can fix any problem. Yeah. Money might be able to buy your way out of a problem, but the psychological effects and the trauma that you go through, you can't buy your way out of that. That is a long process to deal with. You know what I mean? And there are celebrities that I've jumped on the bandwagon for because I only listened to half of the story, but it was the half of the story that triggered me. You know what I mean? Where I was like, yeah, man, that celebrity's a, a a jerk. Forget that person. Like they screwed up. They're terrible people. I don't even know this person. And I was saying stuff like that. Where I was like, I really had to check myself and take a step back and be like, well, and this is something I don't think we do enough. Um, taking a step back and being like, why am I mad about this when it doesn't directly affect my life? Why am I judging this person? And I think part of that, and this was part of this book that I read is about all of the gods we serve. Mm. You know what I mean? Like one of the gods that we serve are these idols that we see on TV. Mm. So we get so into that, that if something happens to that idol or something happens to somebody that's on a pedestal, you know, we're, we're glued to the drama because now this feels like it's a part of our life. I've made this a part of my life. I remember um, I was talking to my husband about Michael Jordan one time and it was so funny because he said oh Michael Jordan was a big part of my childhood and all I could think was oh did he show up at your birthday parties (laughs) no you watched him play games he was not a part of your childhood you made him a part of your memories but he was not a part he was not an active role in your childhood you made him a god in your mind in your world and because of that, you followed him and served him by buying products related to whatever he did. And we do that so much in this society that we waste our emotional energy on stuff like that. That's insane how much emotional energy we waste on those things.
1: Wouldn't that be, and tell so me if I'm wrong, wouldn't that be what, um, when people say false prophets, Mm-hmm. creating this false, not that that person is making themselves that. right? That may not have been their intention, but yeah. um, celebrity in and in and of at its best at it's most marketable at its capitalistic has to become a false profit because it has to in turn it has to get into your psyche it has to become something that you feel like why people feel like oh my god my, my team won no no no. all those people on the team won they're the ones who get paid they're the ones doing all that you just got the satisfaction of the fact that what like you know and that's not judging yeah. people like sports but it's like you're not really a part of that world you know what i mean you're you're part of the fandom of the world but you're not a part of the world um but you know going back to the imposter syndrome aspect of this i think that like i think that what people fail to realize is i'm gonna i'm gonna move away from the ones who are already established right though that the celebrities that are established And then the people who are trying, no matter what industry you're in, but we're just gonna speak entertainment right now. Um, It is harder to combat imposter syndrome because of the worry of what can get me in trouble. Not even canceled, I don't wanna use that word. In trouble, what, and, and, and it makes you wonder, am I even good enough as a comedian? Am I even good enough as a writer? Am I even good enough as this or as that? Those are things that come up on top of the already pre-existing, I feel like I'm a phony and I felt like I was a phony since the first time I tried this at 19 or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It, it's layers on layers of, um, I think imposter syndrome has now this, this element that goes, I feel like there's somebody out there in the wings just waiting for me to expo- be exposed as a phony. Mm-hmm. I- in any industry, in any part of your life. It could be motherhood. It could be anything, right? People feel that way. And we spend more time worried about critiquing people than trying to understand people.
0: Right? Or trying to understand their redemption and their having matured in their way of thinking or progressing. Like there's no room for that. You're right. There's no room for, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Like it doesn't matter what you've done since your past. Once they go back and they look into your past, you are punished for that like it happened yesterday, which yeah. is what I really don't think is fair because people work very hard on recovering from things. So yeah. when you go back and you dig up those demons and you throw them in their face and you tell them they're not worthy and you make them feel like an imposter, you head them down a very dark path.
1: Well, you're at that point, you're not only making them feel like an imposter, you're also making them feel like like a bad person. Mm-hmm. You're going, again, judge, jury, and executioner, you go, um, uh, no, it's not being brought up for redemption. It's being brought up for the end of you, right? right. And it's like, uh, uh, my friend said this to me the other day. Um, when has an apology been sufficient in this culture? A sincere apology. Yeah. And the thing is that there is no definition to what sincerity looks like because sincerity is Perception: People perceive, one person might say that's sincere and another person might be like, I don't think so. And the problem is that, in my opinion, I think um, Aziz is a good example of this. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, to me, what his situation was sounds um, somewhere in the line of a friend of mine. Uh, uh, me and my friends had a lot of conversations about things. Um, we were talking what about-
0: friends?
1: <laughs> what friends? You know my friends. <laughs> um oh we were talking about um everyone is entitled to their truth but and, and for the truth to be heard mm-hmm. but the truth everyone's truth doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fact or a reality and every single person has a version of the truth that does not mean some people are not guilty because they are some yeah. people are guilty but truth is a personal thing mm-hmm Fact is a different thing unfortunately we can't prove what we weren't there for and even things that you can prove because we live so much in this law like abiding like like uh society unless you can have full proof of certain things even the people who are victims even the people who aren't lying sometimes get the short end of the stick so it's a damned if you do it's a don't.
0: that's true and the thing with sincerity is i think nowadays people are confusing sincerity with groveling yeah Uh, what they want is not just a regular apology it's like you want somebody to hit their knees and cry their eyes out and and pray to you or ask you for forgiveness and beg you for forgiveness that's what you want
1: and then you want them to make their career about pandering afterwards
0: exactly then it becomes that now you've you've Basically, bullied somebody to being on your side yeah, or you pressured them.
1: them. Now, now it becomes you have to earn your keep because at any moment we could take it away from you. It stops being about talent, it stops being about, you know, all of that. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm not saying like certain people, like for instance, a, a, another good example, Chris Brown, back in the day, the Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Do I believe Chris Brown deserves? Um, understanding and redemption, well, I hope he got help. I hope he, did. you know, yeah. found out. I, I really don't keep up. But I'm not, I'm not against anybody who goes, I haven't listened to him since then because I don't, I don't agree with that. Okay, that's a personal choice. Yeah. And that's totally fine. But just because you haven't listened to him, are you out here literally trying to, I don't know, do everything in your power, wasting all the energy you were given in this world to ruin, to, to continue to, Remind everybody of what he did because you even do yourself a damage at that point. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Now you look stupid.
1: And again, I'm not saying what he did wasn't horrible, but li- listen if even Rihanna forgave him,
0: I'm just saying exactly. I'm like, if she forgave him, that means there's a lot more to the story that we don't know. And there was a time in my life where I was like, Man, I don't mess with Chris Brown for that reason. And then I checked my own ignorance, I was like, That is a situation that I know nothing about. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that it was okay. What happened was very, very wrong. But if we don't address the actual problem itself and just concentrate on the emotion of the issue, then we don't learn the lesson and it repeats itself. Like if he went and he got help, like he has a daughter now, like there's a lot of things that have changed in in his life. Mm -hmm. And he is deserving of a little more of a second chance than people have given him. Because imagine being that person too that's under so much heat like that, being ridiculously famous and unbelievably talented because he is a very talented man.
1: And very young.
0: And very young. Uh, We were just having this conversation earlier, me and and Jenna, Jenner, Mm -hmm. um, we're just talking about how I always had so much empathy or young Hollywood stars who like blew up and then lost their mind I had so much empathy empathy for um, Justin Bieber when everybody was hating on him and ripping him apart I was like this kid was famous when he since he was a kid he had no no real childhood yeah. you know one of my girlfriends that worked for him on tour one time said that He was backstage in like a little toy car, like a little kid would be, you know, just kind of playing around, driving around this car backstage. And then all of a sudden, all these black suits just swarm in on him. And it's like, Justin, we have to go. Let's go. We have to go. And all he wanted to do was play. And when you hear stories like that, you just go, this poor kid, like, is it any wonder why the second he was of legal age and was finally in control of things that he would snap or act out or be ridiculous no of course not
1: he just had to do it in the public eye because there's people who aren't famous and did the same thing
0: Go through that same thing 100% so
1: i mean i the thing is there there's a lot of lacking in humanity and just trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and going i listen i don't have to agree with you yeah. but i at least tried to see where you were coming from um because i am a believer in hurt people hurt people
0: 100%
1: and, you know sometimes i think people need to remember that it's so interesting um as we close this segment out that like what started as imposter syndrome actually became about kind of like judgmental cancel culture so let's call this segment imposter cancel culture <laughs> imposter cancel culture yes. which is which
0: is a pretty dope name for that segment
1: yes yes <laughs> Um, so what let's go into our today. We're going to do something a little different. Yes, we've done um TikTok of the day, but uh, this one is uh, tweet and talk. Yeah, tweet and talk and talk. Um, so the other day, I you know, was I I follow Soledad O'Brien, you know, she's a journalist, a producer. so I follow her on, on Twitter and she put up this tweet that I found interesting and I thought you would find very interesting. Um, and it says, many years ago, I said on air that I was ugh, sick of these kids, meaning my own and laughed. My boss at the time called me in to sigh, what is it? I guess like scold uh, me about saying that I could be um, and that I could be offending other moms. And. I was admitting to not loving parenthood every moment waking um, moment of my waking life. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me to stop. And I was like, i actually mother of four actual children. So maybe I know more that on this than you do. And I'm just giving my honest POV um, which some people might find refreshing and transparent, but I wanted to keep the job. So I stopped. Anyway, I think people prefer to have some transparency on where people stand. So here's the question. How do we feel about the idea that parents, aren't allowed to admit to loving parenthood 24-7, seven days a week until death do you part?
0: For me personally, how do I feel about it? I don't think that's fair at all. And I think we're sort of past that, or we should be past that as a culture. Like, I'm actually surprised that that was the reaction because there's so much more honesty about parenting nowadays, where, you know, even myself as a new parent, like, I will admit, I feel the same way. There's times when I don't love being a mom, but I love my son unconditionally. I love my son, but there are times when you're just, and and he's only an infant. I can't imagine, you know, when he's in, in his teenage years or, you know what I mean? Or those toddler years when he's throwing tantrums or whatever, like I totally get why she would feel that way, where it's not, it's not all, Freaking sunshine and roses. And any parent that makes it try to feel that way, like what I hate are the parents that act like, oh, I would never, I could never. Then you're not being honest with yourself. Then you're not being honest with yourself because. I being a mom is the most high pressure job I've ever had in my life. There is so much more at stake. I am responsible for a little life. Not only am I responsible for that little life. I am responsible for attempting to set that little life on a path that makes them not a douchebag jerk of a human being. So it's like, there's so much that comes with parenting and it is hard. And just like every hard job, not you don't want to be at work every single day. And the difference is I don't get to take weekends off as a parent. I don't I'm still a mother. I'm still a mother even when I'm asleep. As soon as that baby wakes up, I'm I'm a mom. I'm on the clock. This is 24/7. It's like being a doctor. You yeah. are constantly on call. So, no, you're not always happy. There are times when you just want to scream. There's times when I will grab my son's pacifier and bite the opposite end of it like really hard because I just want to scream in the middle of the night. Like I'm holding him and he's not he's throwing a tantrum. He won't go to bed. And I'm trying to get my frustrations out so I can deal with him fairly. Because a lot of those frustrations, I think that parents feel is what gets you to the point of, because I said so, and stop asking so many damn questions. So I have to get those frustrations out so I can get back to the place of, he's a new life. He has no idea what he's doing either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, everybody knows, I I mean, unless I became a parent overnight, I am not. But I, I agree with her idea of transparency like for myself i'm like first off this whole idea that i i, I assumed that this was probably early on in her career because it makes sense that it would be yeah a few years ago decades ago um but uh even if it wasn't we'll see this being you know a thing um especially if that boss was male mm-hmm. because uh as she as she said i'm an actual mother of four and I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that some moms do shade women who don't have kids, but I like to believe that in this situation, she was saying that to a man, um, because even if that man was a father, very different experience, mm-hmm. right? All like 100%. both parents are having different experience, both valid, both important, but different experiences. <clears throat> and so, and just, I think the expectation of mothers is different in this culture than it is of fathers. So I'm with her on the fact that I do think that a lot of women now like the transparency. It, it makes them again, we go back into imposter syndrome. It makes them feel like shoot, I don't gotta be like perfect and I don't gotta be, I don't, I don't have to be, I, I don't have to know everything. And so I don't have to love every moment of this because home girl doesn't and other homegirl doesn't. And that's cool. And at, at the end of the day. I mean, at any stage, like, I'm sorry. I, I can assume that there are parents who love their kids and do not like their kids. Mm-hmm. So can you blame her? I mean, you know, some people will go, well, then she raised them wrong or whatever the case may be, right? But still, I think that it's only human to not like something. You know what I mean? Like, it's only human. And, and, and mom should be, or dads, should be given the space to be able to vent and all of that now devil's advocate it's a choice having mm-hmm. a child is a choice mm-hmm. so as much as you're allowed to vent as much as you should be given that space that understanding that that respect yeah no one owes them anything yeah because of their choice meaning other people do not i owe you respect i I owe you understanding i owe you empathy but i do not owe you extra effort on my part because of your frustrations with parenthood because again it was a choice yeah people who owe each other are the parents they owe each other
0: i think what people forget about parenting too and this is something that Um, I think I just I just thought of this right now when you were saying, you know, you can love your kids and not like them. Um, You're combining two different people. This is DNA from two different people. You have no idea. This is a science experiment. You have no idea how this is going to turn out. My son has all of my stankness in his face, in his attitude. He has all of my stankness. I don't know what his personality is going to be like or if we will get along we may bump heads on a lot of things. And that's a scary thought as a parent. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get along with my son when he gets older. I hope I do. I hope I pray I do. Because even if I didn't get along with him, I would take a bullet for that little boy because I love him so much. But Uh it is one of those things where it's like, you just don't know how it's going to turn out. And that's probably the biggest (laughs) issue I have with people not really understanding what it's like to love and not like your kids. Cause I've seen it. I've seen it in my own family. I've been like, yo, my I loves her kids, but she don't like them. She don't want to see them. She don't want to hang out with them. Their their personalities just do not mesh well together.
1: Oh yeah. Like let, let me tell you, I, I, and I say this respectfully, cause I've said this to her. I love my mother to death, but fundamentally as human beings, meaning if we were just two strangers in school who met, we wouldn't be homegirls. We would not, sorry, we wouldn't. And it's not that I wouldn't be her homegirl any more or less than she wouldn't be mine. Mm-hmm. We both, uh, if there's any understanding we have, is that one, that we're like, I love you. And in many ways I like you, but I wouldn't choose you in a lineup of like homegirls. Yeah. And that's. Okay, like it doesn't offend me that she feels that way. If anything, it makes me actually happy to know that she feels that way because then I also don't feel bad of um, the fact that I feel that way. Yeah, but, like it's not. I know I've had I've said that to people and people be like, "Oh my God, that's so horrible." That like, if you didn't, if she wasn't your mom, you wouldn't like her. I'm yeah. like, like love her, not the same thing. I do like her as a human, but I wouldn't homegirl her she wouldn't be in a circle yeah that's it she would you know who my mother would be and who i would be to her we both had a mutual homegirl mm-hmm. and we were mad cool with the mutual homegirl and we had good moments because we've all chilled together but we don't necessarily ever see each other truly chilling and it's not for no good or bad reason it's just yeah. that it's like the vibe is good in groups the vibe is good in groups. That's it. That's who me and my mom will be. The vibe is good in groups, and we, 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 you know, um, Derek to salute on um, that.
0: Wait, what's your mom's uh sign?
1: Gemini.
0: I was gonna, I was gonna ask. I couldn't remember if she was Gemini or not because my mom's a Gemini. I get along with her famously, um, but I love Gemini energy. So but you know,
1: it's not her Gemini. I thought for so many years it was her Gemini. It's not her Gemini. What know. is it? Her Aries moon. And I'm going to tell you why Aries in emotions in the moon is think about it. How do you describe Aries? Very like, uh, uh, erratic Iry- in your face. face. Yeah. You said it, you, you always talk about your temperament. Mm-hmm. And that's not that in emotions. You have it in your ego, which yeah. is, but she has it in her emotions. So my mother is very bull like in her emotions mm. where my, I'm a, I'm, I'm more like all about, I'm a Scorpio moon, I'm a cancer son. It's all about like, let's talk, let's understand. And my mom's like, screw talking, action. Like she's like, let's do, oh! like she's very much that. And so it's an energy that now as an adult, I understand more, Yeah. but grow up with that. And you're just like, can you like emotionally center and like talk? Can we get, do they teach talking in Aries life? They do not. Yeah. Uh, they
0: do not so, it's all destruction
1: <laughs> so it's not exactly her gemini but you put a gemini and an aries in one person in an ego and emotions yeah. you have a very like a super creative person a super get things done like the hustle and bustle i'm gonna get it done but for mothering um my mother doesn't show love uh outside of action yeah where I'm someone who needs love in understanding, in, in like emoting. And my mom's like, what is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. What are these words that are coming out of your mouth? Mm. So that, that sounds like a lot of energy. And it's like, my mother would rather run a fork, like a 5K to show her love for you. But if she had to sit there and talk to you for five minutes, she would be like, that's too much energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a lot for me. <laughs> Uh, we can stop
1: that now yeah but that's not that doesn't make her bad or good it's just what it is
0: yeah it is what it is I mean I get along famously with my I wonder I would love to know the rest of my mother's chart just because I get along so well with my mom um but then again like I I still like I know her as mom like I I mean for the longest time I've realized that my mom is a woman before anything else, she's a, she's a woman. She was a woman before me. She was a woman, She like just a regular woman, goes through the same insecurities as everybody else does. I had that realization long ago, but I still view her as my mother. She's still an authority figure to me. I still have that view of her, whereas I think a lot of people get to the point where they don't view their parents like that. I still look at my mother specifically because she was the disciplinarian as an authority figure.
1: Um, see that makes sense and I I think that as long as there's still mutual respect then I, then that makes sense to me I more so um we've had to nurture a relationship about um built on friendship so equality. Okay. that matters to me which is uh because the thing is that again an Aries moon and a Gemini sun that authority figure can be a little bit intense especially towards adults
0: that sounds a lot intense
1: right so you need to find a balance in that which is like there's a difference between an authority figure and a friend right so again but you said it it comes down to when you get to that point of seeing your parent as a human you know a person who existed prior to you existing and had all these things you know what i mean and then went through all these other things once you started existing. And like you said, was biting up the the, the, the chupet because she couldn't take it or whatever the case is. But that's where I have empathy, where, okay, you don't like being a mother. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with parents who tell kids, I love you, but I don't like you very much right now. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think that's okay for for people to know. A kid, that, that shouldn't break a kid. That should make a kid understand
0: I think it depends on the age of the kid
1: because oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like a preteen, you can, you can do that to a preteen because a preteen is getting consciousness and you can understand. I love you, but I do not like you means I will feed you. I will, I will ride a dive for you, but please stay away from me for the next seven hours. Mm-hmm. I'll come to you and give you your meal and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it that's
0: normal should be i think that that is normal speaking of normal my transitions are
1: trash i like it's so funny because i've done transitions and i would always think can and maybe maybe she'll like hear the transition and and you know just emulate it like you know and it's like no
0: it's like no no No. my brain is like cannot compute
1: and she's a comic ladies and gentlemen they all they do is transition (laughs) my
0: my brain is is not computing it's like this isn't stand-up how do we do this i don't understand how life works uh when it's not stand-up material it's just like all i can ever think of is speaking (laughs) of.
1: oh my god you know what i'm gonna give you and let's see guys um in that in future episodes if she does this a great segue starts with so
0: so speaking of yes that worked that worked we we're we're getting
1: there we're getting there we're getting there slowly
0: slowly but surely I'm just gonna get a hat that says speaking of dot 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 uh we'll get into our dear Gina now uh to bring us to the almost close of the show uh I feel I felt this dear Gina in my soul um dear gina we all know the expression sharing is caring the other day i was at the store and i asked my boyfriend if he wanted me to pick anything up for him since i was grabbing some ice cream he was like "Nah." oh i, almost start, I legit started dancing a little bit
1: hold on uh pause pause. That was the pause so we're gonna start over okay um and we're not even gonna cut this out guys if you no. heard that that was my facetime i'm popular okay we're gonna go back. very popular
0: we're gonna go back to the beginning so so <laughs> speaking of sharing <laughs> your life with your mom who is an aries moon uh we all know the expression sharing is caring oh right i'm sorry starting... we're gonna start again dear gina oh <laughs> we... We all know the expression sharing is caring. The other day I was at the store and I asked my boyfriend if he wanted me to pick anything up for him since I was grabbing some ice cream. He was like, nah, now I know. Now I know. Now I know how this person operates. So I got the extra ice cream and threw it in the freezer without him knowing. Later that night, I take out my little pint and sit up on the sofa beside him. And immediately he's like, yo, let me get some. I'm making him real hood, by the way. I kindly tell him, I actually got you a pint of your own. It's in the freezer to which he proceeds to tell me that sharing is caring and he didn't want his own. He wanted of mine. Is it wrong not to want to share when I'm the one, when I'm more willing to buy him his own personal version of whatever I have so that I don't have to give him a bite. Now here's the thing. My sister broke up with somebody because they ate her bagel. Uh, I just, you have to
1: understand it. (laughs) What? I had to unmute (laughs) her bagel. You know what? I
0: respect it. Because let me tell you, it was the start of the breakup. Was when we had the bagel conversation. She she was eating a bagel and her man just went and grabbed the bagel and took a bite.
1: From her mouth?
0: From, like, after she had eaten it, he just grabbed it and bit it. Oh, no. Now... Here's the thing. First of all, my sister, little, like but we're talking Veronica, my sister skinny, skinny, but she loves food. If you touch that half of food, it is a rep for you.
1: It's fat. I lived with her and like, she was very sharing. I'm going to say that, but she was sharing and then honest about what she wasn't sharing about. And don't take it personal. Yeah. Like she's a,
0: she's Aquarius to the T and she's very like, I will share this with you. I'll share this with you. But you see that bag over there. Don't touch that bag. That is mine. Do not touch it. Thank you, please. And so, like, to her, that was the ultimate, like, disrespect. Now, here's the thing. It's so funny. With people I'm dating or that I'm with, it has always been like this. I hate sharing with them. Mm. I absolutely hate sharing with them. Certain things. Like, certain, certain things, I'm like, no, this is just, like, mine. Like, there's obvious things that I don't mind sharing with them. Like, we can share the same toothpaste. Like, that's dope. But, like, when it comes to, like... And it's also like, when it comes to my food, don't take a bite before I do. Unless offered. Unless offered. Unless I'm like, yo, you want some. Like, don't take a bite. That's rude. And when it comes to like sharing stuff, like if I had been in the same situation, I would have been so pissed because I would have been like, yo, my man, I specifically got you your own ice cream. It's in the fridge. Get up, go over there and get your ice cream. And I think it's different too, like, I don't know. To me, it's different if it's like, a, a like let's say it's like a new flavor of ice cream. And you're like, yo, you want to taste some? Like, it's a new flavor they haven't tried to get. Fine, whatever. But when somebody's like, yo, let me get some, first of all. The, yo, let me get some people. Y'all need to stop because more people would offer you stuff if you would not be that person that's like, yo, let me get some. That is the most annoying phrase. Yeah. I, I, my ex's little brother used to sometimes like... Um, used to say, like, yo, let me get some to his siblings. He never did it to me. It was like he was so um, just used to it with his siblings. He never did it to me. But I would see him do it to, you know, his his siblings. to be like, yo, let me get some. And I always feel like whenever somebody or there's a family like that that has that attitude of, yo, let me get some, there's more infighting over food. Mm-hmm. Like There's more like, yo, don't touch my drink. I remember I took a sip of my ex's drink one time and he lost his mind. He was like, <laughs> don't touch my drink. Don't drink my drink. And I was like, ew. I was just trying to take a drink. Now, if me and Catherine, like, Catherine, you already know this. We go out and we get, like, buffalo cauliflower. If I order buffalo cauliflower and you decide you want some, she already knows. Just reach in my plate and get it. Like, it's so different with friends. I don't know if it's just a significant other thing. But in the past, I have had trouble sharing stuff like food or, you know, even drinks sometimes or weed. Like, I don't want to share none of that with you sometimes.
1: Yes, no. I'm I'm here with you. Okay, so I'm gonna start with Joey from Friends. Joey don't oh. share food. Well, Joey don't share food. don't share food. You know what's funny? I would
0: never even dare to try to take from your plate.
1: And that's and that's and here and it's not that I'm like stingy. No. Or that it's like I have a mental plan for everything on that plate. But <laughs> that's the thing. My brain is like. Once I see it, I'm like eating that first, even this yep. second. Fixing this. Ooh, we gonna cut a little bit of that. And I'm. I like to see myself as someone who always goes. Yo, you wanna try some? I'll give you the first bite. I will. I, that to me, to me, that's not only sharing. Sharing. It's selfless. You get You're- the first taste. You get the. You got to taste it first. Not even me. That's I will so say funny. that. If you go, no, I'm okay, right? And then I'm I start eating, but then um I see you looking over, I might go, do you want to try some? Right before I get really into it. Yeah. And if you give me the no twice, don't come near my plate. You were offered multiple times. You were given that chance. That's her, but that, that's for like food in front of you, right? Yeah. This situation, what I don't like is the fact that she knew, she called, she said, "Yo, I'm getting some ice cream. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna personalize this." To me, she's on her period. She wants that pint. That pint is hers, right? She got up from the house. She put on her sweats. She went to Rite Aid. She went to buy it. She didn't even ask you to go to Rite Aid. She went to Rite Aid.
0: Okay, first of all, y'all need to know there's a Rite Aid right by Catherine's house. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, this is a personal, she has personally invested.
1: On the screen, it's personal. (laughs) Like, personal. She went to Rite Aid. And then, because she's selfless, she called you. And she said, "You know what? You know what? I'm I'm gonna get some, but you know what? He might want some. Oh, he might want sign up He might want some chips. He might want some else. Yes. Is there a moment in her mind where she made that call where she also thought because I don't want him to ask me for my? Of course, there was that moment in her mind. But the thought that she even called says something. You said no. She still goes out of her way and buys it. And if she knows you well enough, she knows what flavor you like. So she buys you that. She puts it in the freezer. She. Goes and sits and is ready for her ice. You know what I mean? Like, and she's, maybe she's even one of those people who puts her spoon under the hot water so that once it gets into the ice cream, it's nicely soft. And you want some? Esperate. It's over there. I'm even so nice sometimes. I'll get up and get it for you. No, I want chores. That's not about sharing. Yeah. That's about you wanting what you want and that i have the uh, i think i have the right to say no nah. no nah. because sharing is caring when we're talking about societally people should get what they like need to exist health care food shelter that's when we need to share the wealth of resources sharing is caring when you, it's Aladdin, and he had the bread, and the little poor kids was there, and Abu was being stingy, and they were like, Okay, take it. Sharing is coming, but no you're not dying. You're um, fine. You're fine. My chunky monkey is not gonna be why you die. And if you needed it, go get your own chunky monkey
0: because I bought it in you. the refrigerator,
1: right? Oh, or the worst when that's not even their favorite flavor. So I bought them their favorite flavor and now they just saw the fudge. You know, my-
0: between that and the fact that people will literally what really annoys me, what has always gotten under my skin is when I'm eating somebody and somebody has their eyes all in it, like looking at me and they're watching my plate. And I'm like, my man, if you want something, ask if you want something. You want some because you, you are really eye-banging this omelet, like you want some of it. So why don't you just go ahead and take some? But That's see, so
1: rude to me. You're also the queen. This is what we kind of have in common. You're the queen of. You about to buy something, yo? You want something? You're the queen of yeah. that. Because I'll like literally. I don't think there's anything wrong with yo. I'll get you whatever you want. I had somebody once told me. Um, told me. I had somebody <laughs> once told me. I was so serious about this topic. <laughs> you really were. I forgot English. I was like, I didn't do it, Yana. <laughs> I didn't do did it. I didn't do it. Did it. Um, if you don't know that, watch some old Gina Rio and stand up. Um, <laughs> um, so I once had somebody tell me, yo, it's really messed up that you, want, you will go out of your way to go buy me, buy an extra. And be wasteful like that when all I want is a bite. Okay, first off, I planned on every bite. Uh-huh. And you, if you're if you depriving me because the 30 bites of this pint now is 29 bites. And you got a big mouth, so that's 28.
0: Oh my god, people with a big mouth or people yo. that take like big ass bites yo. of stuff.
1: No, yo. you're the pretty me.
0: Like, how do you do that? Like, if somebody gives me some of theirs, I take the tiniest amount because I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful. I just I just want to taste it. Thank you so much. If they offer me a taste and I want it. But those people that be like, just like dig in. I'm like, yo, okay, Savage, relax. Is this your is this oh the last meal you're gonna have?
1: Food. My thing is also like I'm so uh, aware of that and again i'm not really being aware of them i'm being aware of myself so i treat people the way i want to be treated and if somebody goes yo you want to taste it i do that i take the small bite i take the small sip and when people go you can take more if you want i literally will be like you sure <laughs> once you gave me the green light we're not gonna take a big bite but we're gonna take a regular bite you know yeah, I mean? this is
0: not a regular bite situation
1: and and again i don't know how you bite, you know you how you uh, um measure out your meal. Yeah. Oh, I do it, it's it, it's not it's not greedy. It's not, I don't think it is. Greedy it is you don't have any and I have a ton and I don't want to share and I'm not willing to get you any and I will see you sitting there con nada. But that this is not that situation. So no, don't make them guilt you for wanting something that's yours. Yeah. Listen, but even if you did, I'm petty. I will give you the bite. Then I will go and go into the freezer. Not not, not at that moment, but eventually. And I will, if, even if I want ice cream, I will two days later open that other one. Mm-hmm. I will take the exact bite and if you open it after me and you go why is it open why is there a bite? sharing is caring
0: (laughs) (laughs) mic drop on that pettiness (laughs) that was an amazing response i hope you know that no it is not wrong of you to do that and my man's probably would have changed the game if you would have bought the ice creams at the same time and been like here i got your own and just take that and just give it to him right away. But laziness, I think, played a bigger factor in this. And he's probably willing to admit. But that said, uh, we bring our story, our day, our podcast to a close. <laughs> Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you.
1: Um, you can find me on Instagram and at G. Mendoza, TikTok at G. Mendoza, On Twitter at Kathy K-A-T-H-I-E. Grace, G-R-A-C-E, two, four.
0: Fantastic! You guys know you can find me at G. Brion on Instagram. Everything else is pretty much Gina Brion. G. Brion 80 on the TikTok, The Tickity Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon. I almost forgot. I was like, on... Uh, Amazon Prime Video, and also my first ever special, Pacificly Speaking, is also up there. Or head over to HBO and check out some of the work that I have on HBO. That said, you guys know I love to end the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, uh, bye. Deuces. Catherine, Take you about the people.
1: You can also buy me at ride Day, the ice cream Mall.
0: Deuces. <laughs> 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 bye.
1: Okay. Yeah, do it
0: like that yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him a night cat night. Born killer, you a born killer, mm Go get him, go on, go on get him, mm.